We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hub on-field football reasons. Do you see a path, a reasonable, realistic path to victory for the Bears? Oh, yeah. If the defense plays the way we believe they're capable of, the way they were playing prior to the bye, the way they played them week eight when they went to overtime and and, and had two excellent chances to win the football game and dropped interceptions, yeah. I mean, it's not hard to see at all. So you're telling me there's a chance. Snap back, Trubisky to wind up, throw down the right side for Miller. Over the shoulder, catch! Touchdown. Makes the gap. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Snap Trubisky. Hands it off. Montgomery slanting off the left side. He is in for the touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Trubisky fakes, throws, open, goal out end zone. Touchdown. Allen Robinson. Touchdown, Bears. Snap Trubisky. Looking. Standing in the pocket. Drills the middle of the end zone. Touchdown, Jimmy Graham. Touchdown, Bears. Fade to black. Good evening, Chicago. It is great to be with you all tonight. I am Hub Archer sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. We're going to be with you until about 9.15 this evening when we will hand it off to Chicago Bulls pregame, Bulls basketball tonight here at 6.70, the score from out in the West Coast. Uh, but for the next three hours, it is wildcard week, guys. We are going to talk NFL football. Now, if you've listened to me, over the years, you know, I, nobody loves the Cubs more than I do. Uh, I've been fascinated by the White Sox recently. I, I grew up a rink rat in the old barn on West Madison. Love the Hawks, can talk Bulls. Whatever's on your mind, this is your radio station. That's how you've made it the number one rated all sports station in town. Uh, you feel free to give me a call and we'll talk about it. But my focus is pretty much on the NFL this week. I think it is the biggest story in town. The Chicago Bulls are in, uh, the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears are in the tournament. Uh, you know, you can you can hate them for being 8-8. Eight and eight. You can love them for being 8-8 eight and eight and getting in. It doesn't really matter. At this point, they are in. And once you're in, anything can happen. And it is interesting. You, you look at the New Orleans Saints, guys, and they're 10-point favorites on the opening line. You understand why. They're a 12-4 and four football team at home versus an 8-8 eight and eight football team. But... Week eight did happen. It was just, uh, you know, what, nine weeks ago uh, where the Bears played them to a flat standstill and, in fact, probably had them beat not once but twice in overtime if Roquan Smith and, and, and Eddie Jackson don't drop easy interceptions. Uh, they didn't get it done. The Saints won. The Saints are clearly the better football team. They should be a 10-point favorite. But it's easy to see how the Bears could win this game if they do the right things. Uh, and, and so I think it should be a lot of fun this week as we get ready, guys. And it's not just Bears-Saints. There is a great lineup of football games this weekend. I am not a fan, honestly, of the seventh wild or the seventh playoff team, the extra wild card team uh, in, in each conference. I liked where the NFL was with only 12 of 32 getting into the tournament. It made the regular season matter. Uh, it made you earn your way in. Um, these teams still earn their way in. There's only two more. There's only 14 instead of 12. Uh, but I kind of liked uh, the, the, the two buys in each conference week one. I just thought it all set up better. 
but I'm an old guy and I don't handle change all that well. So maybe given a couple of years, we'll like this format more. Um, we do know that if it was not for the change, the Bears would not be in the playoffs this year. But hey, they don't make the rules. They just play by them. And anybody out there and the phone number, guys, 312-644-6767. This is going to be your evening. We've got a couple of very special guests for you. Mike Rankin is behind the glass. Mike's producing engineering for us tonight. He's done an incredible job already lining up Danny Pompey to visit with us in about 10 minutes at 20 after 6. Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic also. Uh, Pompey and Fishbane both at The Athletic these days. Kevin will be by at 7 o'clock and at 8 o'clock. One of my favorite national reporters, one of the top draft guys in the country, Eric at home, formerly a Pro Football Weekly, now of Yahoo Sports, will be visiting with us as well. But other than those three guests for about 10, 15 minutes each, it's all you and me. It's all your phone calls tonight. And I can take a couple now before Danny checks in. So give me a call at 312-644-6767. Let me know what's on your mind, anything in the world of sports, but particularly with Wild Card Weekend this week and the Bears going down to New Orleans to take on the Saints on Sunday. You know, they may be an 8-8 eight and eight football team, but that that 340 Chicago time slot they put them in on Sunday. That is the primo uh, NFL TV time slot on, on the first two weekends of the playoffs. And yes, it's the size of the Chicago market that matters. Uh, but also, obviously, the networks felt that the matchup between the Bears and the Saints was compelling enough uh, to, to want them in that spot. The league felt that it was compelling enough to put them in that spot. And so uh, it, it certainly tells you that there's a lot of folks out there besides Bears and Saints fans anxious to see this football game. You know, we'll start it off uh, on Saturday. And you've got a couple AFC games, one NFC game. Uh, I believe first up, it's going to be Indianapolis at Buffalo. Love. Uh, the, the Colts were actually my preseason AFC Super Bowl pick. I, I had them winning uh, the conference. They never really played to the level I expected them to, and yet still finish an 11-5 and football team. And one of the things that I like about the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC and the New Orleans Saints in the NFC is they are the two best balanced of the 14 playoff teams. They, they are the two uh, that are almost equally good on offense and defense. They're not going to run into a weakness against strength type matchup. And they go to Buffalo and, you know, the Buffalo Bills have arguably been either the second or best team in the AFC all year long. At 13-3, and three, you may not know a lot of these guys, and the ones that you do may be younger stars who are still establishing themselves, you know, the Josh Allens of the world. Uh, but, but Sean McDermott and Bean, uh, the GM, have done just a fantastic job putting this team together. They play great complementary football, and uh, I think it, it, in some respects it may be the most – Interesting, or at least let me not, not won't say the most interesting. It may be the most even matchup uh, of the six games this weekend, and we'll kick it off with that one Saturday at noon our time, just a couple minutes after. And then if it's not the most even matchup, uh, we'll get that at, at 3:40 on Saturday when the Rams kick off in Seattle. Now this is uh, the opposite of what I said about Indianapolis and Buffalo. In this case, uh, Rams offense couldn't be struggling anymore right now. Uh, Seattle's defense had been awful all year long. They have played better as of the last five, six weeks since Jamal Adams came back from injury. We now Adams is going to be questionable again going into the weekend. So this is about the Seahawks offense against the Rams defense and which of those other units can, can get something done and make a point uh, in that football game. We'll roll through the other four. Uh, as we go on this evening, but right now I do want to get to the phone lines again, 312-644-6767, and Scott has dialed us up from Kenosha. Scott, how you doing tonight? Hey, Hub. Appreciate everything you do. Um, Thank you, Scott. My question, my, uh, my question was, you know, uh, obviously Trubisky hasn't had the greatest of, uh, you know, uh, careers, but over the last several games he was, uh, you know, schemed, uh, and I thought uh, quite effectively with uh, Bill Lazor as the offensive coordinator. And I was just curious as to why that didn't happen more consistently over the last several years that he's been quarterback for the Bears. Well, Scott, it's certainly a fair question. It's a good question. And it's one that, you know, probably the majority of Bears fans are asking. And I think there's a couple parts to the answer. Uh, you have to know that Matt Nagy was brought here in the hopes of bringing the Bears offense 
into the modern era, into the, 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 the 21st, or I guess, are we in the 21st? I think we're in the 22nd century now. I'm not sure. <laughs> but whatever century we're in, uh, I think we're still in the 21st century. Um, uh, you know, Matt Nagy brought an offense with him that was one of the primary reasons that he was hired to be the head coach. At the time that he was hired, Mitch Trubisky was coming off a rookie season in which Ryan Pace had made him the first quarterback taken in what will be remembered as one of the really good quarterback drafts because you've got uh, you know Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson on their way to being perennial pro bowlers at the minimum. Uh, and, and so the thought was that what was the most important thing was getting Nagy's offense here and teaching Mitch how to play it. Well, throughout 2018, Mitch made strides. You know, people forget that, that he was an alternate in the Pro Bowl. He went to the Pro Bowl. He played maybe the best half of his career in the second half of a playoff game, a wild card game against the Eagles. Now, he was awful in the first half of that game, uh, but it looked like they were going in the right direction, and there was no way to scheme it differently. And then you come back last year, 2019, things didn't go nearly as well. Mitch did not appear to be progressing. The goal was still to put Nagy's offense in. Maybe Matt was a little more stubborn than he should have been. Uh, and, and so you come to this year where now they're bringing in Nick Foles. They're saying we need competition at the position. And so they weren't going to change the offense. They were going to give Mitch a chance to succeed in it. Well, when it became obvious that based on the rest of the personnel on the roster, the offense wasn't going to work, that's when they had to go back to Mitch and scheme differently, not just because of him, but because of what they had on the offensive line, because of what they had at receiver, what they were getting out of the tight ends. And so um, I'm not saying it's okay that it took as long as it did, but it's pretty easy to, to retrace the history of it and see why it did. And, and then even with that, as well as Mitch has played over the last four weeks, and he's played pretty well, you see a pick like he throws, uh, you know, on that possession after they go down uh, 12 points in the fourth quarter. And it's the reminder of the things that Mitch still is not seeing on the football field. So he is much better in the scheme that they are running now and yet still not a finished product. And I think that's one of the reasons that Nagy may have hesitated and felt that he was better off trying to find a way to run his offense with whoever he needed to run it, as opposed to dictating everything the Bears do on offense around what Mitch can or can't do. Uh, let's squeeze in one more before we have to get to a break here. Tommy is out in the south suburbs. Tommy, thanks for calling. How are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful, man. How are you? Good, thank you. I know we're I know we're a couple of days in, but I just wanted to say Happy New Year to you and the entire staff. And uh, thank, thank you. you guys. You know, problem. Thank you guys for all that you do. You know, covering sports, specifically Chicago. And uh, I'm a lifelong Bear fan and Bulls fan, but I, I want to comment on the situation with the Chicago Bears. And it's a it's a cultural issue with Chicago. Because we've seen over over the years, over the last 10, 15 years, we waste great defenses on offenses that just seem to not know what they're doing. So you, you made a couple of points about, yeah, bringing in Nagy, and, and he was supposed to be this, this great guru that was going to change everything around. And, and what we're seeing now is a deterioration of our defense. The defense has had to carry this team for so long. Now they're starting to fall apart. The offense is inadequate because they're not being coached properly. And so you, you have a coaching issue on both sides of the ball. There's no way with the defensive players that we have that our defensive line, the linebacker, should be dropping back in coverage. And then on the offensive side, there is no trust in Mitch to make the right calls. If the game is on the line, you can't put the ball in Mitch's hand because he cannot deliver. Has he played okay the last couple of games? Absolutely, because – the defenses that the teams have faced haven't been all that great. So, yeah, you look wonderful against bad teams, but when the competition steps up, you completely disappear. So Nagy's being outcoached. Pagano, whatever he's doing on the defensive end, oh, my God, man, it's a, a giant question mark. A defensive front can't get any pressure on any quarterback. And so what we have here is, yeah, it's an any given Sunday opportunity that, yeah, we snuck into the playoffs, but I'm not confident that the Bears can deliver in the crunch, especially if we're counting on Mitch to deliver. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Tommy, thank you for the phone call. I, you know, there there's so much there, and I just I don't have time to break it all down. Uh, I, I will deal with one of the things you said at the end, though. The Bears did not sneak into the playoffs. Uh, the Bears deserve to be in the playoffs. This is something that fans have to accept and get used to because it's a fact. They didn't make the rules. They just played by them. This was the way that this playoff tournament was set up, and the Bears are the seventh best team in the NFC according to their performance over 16 games. And so doesn't mean that they're a playoff caliber team. Doesn't mean that they're going to be able to compete with the Saints or anybody else. But they did earn this playoff spot. You know, during the six-game losing streak, which was incredibly frustrating, uh, many people thought the season was over. Many people were ready to fire people. Instead, they got it stopped. They won three games in a row. Yeah, maybe they beat bad or mediocre teams, but they didn't make the schedule. They just had to beat the teams in front of them. And at the end of the day, after 17 weeks, the Bears earned the seventh spot in the playoffs. They didn't get lucky. They didn't sneak in. They're, they're, they're a mediocre playoff team is what they are. Uh, but but they do belong there. As far as all of Tommy's other points, we'll get to them during the course of the evening. Tommy, stay with us as I will talk more about it. But I do have to take a very quick break here, and we do have a special guest coming up on the other side. Don't want to keep him waiting. Dan Pompey is one of my co-hosts of our Bet River Sportsbook app pregame show every Sunday before Bears games. He joins us in our final segment. He will also join us this evening for a few minutes to talk Wild Card Week in the NFL. That's next right here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yeah, well, you look at, you know, they're, they're, they're really well coached. They got great players on both sides of the ball. That defense is playing fast. I think Dennis Allen does a great job with them. You know, Coach Payton does a lot of good things with the offense. Camaro, you know, is a generational type back. And, and then Drew Brees obviously stating the obvious of what he's done in his career. So, um, you take all that and you realize, you know, we go to overtime and unfortunately we don't win in overtime. It's uh, it, it's an advantage for both teams when you've played each other. And so, uh, you know, we, we both we both are a little bit different now uh, with how we play. And so that that's part of the chess match and the matchup of going into this weekend. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about the opponent for Sunday at 3.40 kickoff time here in Chicago. It's the New Orleans Saints breaking down where that ball club is at right now. They are definitely playing better football than they were when they were in Chicago week eight of the season. But it is the same two teams, and so I'm sure both clubs spending a lot of time uh, with the film or tape, I should say, of that game. I don't even know anymore if which one's right, film or tape or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, of course, it went to overtime. Just a couple minutes left in overtime when the Saints finally prevailed 26-23 after the Bears flubbed several chances to win the game, both in regulation and overtime. We are now going to head out 
to the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Visit Alpamonte Nissan on North Avenue and Melrose Park. Uh, that is where we go with all of our special guests. And tonight, right now, kicking off our guest for the evening, it is Dan Pompey of The Athletic. Dan, of course, also a regular here at 670 The Score, a regular every Sunday on our Bet River Sportsbook pregame show. And Dan, I appreciate you taking time out tonight. Hope that the uh, New Year's been good to you so far. Just a couple days in, but I hope it's off to a good start. Absolutely, Hub. Good to be with you and good to be able to talk about Bears in the playoffs, right? We, we didn't think this was going to happen about a month or so ago, but but here we are. They got a shot to uh, to advance in the wild card round against the Saints. Yeah, and, and you know, Dan, for my where I sit, I just wish everybody would have fun with it. I, I don't want to waste a lot of time debating, you know, are they good enough? Do they deserve it? This or that. They, these are the rules that, that everybody played by. They're the seventh seed in the NFC, thereby they deserve it. I, I prefer to focus on the games. Great slate of games this weekend. I'm trying to decide. I actually led the show with this, and I don't know if you agree or disagree. I'm not a fan, to be honest with you, uh, of the addition of the two wild card teams. I, I know that the Bears don't make it otherwise, but looking bigger picture, the NFL, I'm a big believer in, in don't fix it if it ain't broken. And I kind of am not that thrilled that they messed with the with the uh, the playoffs. I don't know that we need six games this weekend instead of four, but it's what we're getting. Uh, you have any preference one way or the other? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, my inclination is to agree with you. I, I don't think I like to see eight and eight teams uh, get in the playoffs that aren't division winners. And uh, but but I, I say this though, I I think I'd like to withhold reservation a little bit on this and see how it works out over the span of uh, three four years. Um, you know, maybe we'll we'll feel differently. But um, I kind of like the the old setup uh, with having two teams get a, in each conference, get a, a first round by. Uh, but I, I want to be open-minded about this and see where it goes, because certainly um, you never know. Maybe sometimes we'll see a team uh, like the Bears or the Colts who get that last playoff spot uh, really light up the playoffs, and who knows, even maybe even get to the Super Bowl. I, I don't think it's going to happen with the Bears this year, don't get me wrong. But, you know, maybe it happens one year. Yeah, I mean, it could work out well, and you certainly can't argue that, that it, you know, it's always going to reward mediocre teams because on the AFC side, everybody's got 11 wins. you got a 10-win team that didn't make it even with seven teams in. So that, that's not my concern so much. Is I think what, what, what bothered me about it, to me, what has always made the NFL playoffs the best of any of the major professional sports is that only 12 of 32 teams got in. It really placed importance on the regular season. It made every game matter down the stretch, as opposed to you know the NBA or the NHL, where you know half the teams are in the playoffs. And so, you know, to me, the more teams that you let in, the more you kind of devalue both the regular season and the playoffs a little bit. But that doesn't mean that it won't be great football. So we can look forward to that. Um, before we even get to the Bears, I, I'm curious uh, for your take on some other things going on around the NFL. We're in an unusual situation where there are actually more GM jobs open than head coaches. You've got six coaching vacancies, seven GM jobs with the Broncos uh, announcing that, that they will be adding a general manager as well. Uh, that That's pretty unusual. Uh, and, and so... Uh, I'm curious what you're hearing about the hot candidates, about you know who might be the closest, if anybody, uh, who we think we already have a handle on as to what they're going to do about their coach or GM job. You know, it's interesting, Hub. I think uh, a lot of teams are looking at their general manager position a little bit differently than teams looked at the position in the past, and they're kind of uh, trying to take a big picture approach and say, you know, look, we've got a billion dollar, multi billion dollar uh, organization here and we need to operate it that way and uh, look at it in a way that's that's uh, beyond just you know who's who's the guy who could find us uh, you know the the next uh, weak side linebacker and mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's kind of what's what's been happening and um, as a result you're seeing uh, kind of a, a wide net being cast by a lot of teams in their GM searches and you're seeing some men being considered who I think are uh, capable of uh, kind of being culture changers in addition to being guys who can pick players and, you know, hire people the right way as, as you want your general manager to do. Um, 
you know, I think uh, some really strong candidates out there uh, for these jobs, you know, I'll be shocked if Rick Smith, the former Texans general manager, doesn't get a job. You know, he's he was considered for uh, some jobs last year, and uh, boy, you look at you know look at his record as a drafter, and it, it's pretty incredible. And um, you know, I, I think he's one of those people who's got uh, th this big picture ability. Um, I, you know, Champ Kelly is interesting in that way too, a guy who is uh, in in Chicago right now and has been or is being interviewed, I believe, for at least two of the jobs in, in uh, Carolina and Denver. And uh, he's a guy with an interesting background. You know, he came uh, uh, to the Bears. Uh, obviously, he worked for Denver in the NFL first, but prior to that, he had a computer background and uh, worked, uh, you know, as a coach at one point. And he's done a lot of different things. And, um, you know, he's not just the typical talent evaluator. Yeah, Champ Kelly's candidacy kind of fascinates me because he, he was reported to be one of the top three candidates in Atlanta. We know he is highly thought of in Denver where he was before he came to the Bears, and yet he's working in a front office where some people are debating whether his boss should be fired or not. You know, And, and so you ask yourself, okay, well, well, how much are they doing right and how much are they getting done? And yet Champ's name is one that we hear a lot of. I, I agree with you. I think that Rick Smith is possibly the number one candidate out there as we rank these guys. And the other guy that, that a lot of people don't even know that you don't hear a lot about, but that I hear a lot about in NFL circles, is Omar Khan, who, who is kind of the right hand to Kevin Colbert in Pittsburgh and has a title of VP, both business and football operations, um, and could be, as you say, one of those culture changers, might have to come in and still hire a GM, uh, but another really interesting name that may not be as familiar to some folks. Yeah, and, and a guy who um, you know is not the traditional GM candidate because he's uh, been more of a, a finance guy, salary cap guy, uh, who would approach the job probably with a little different take than the typical general manager. And um, you know, but clearly a guy who has been part of a lot of success in Pittsburgh uh, as as Kevin Colbert's right hand man and working with. Mike Tomlin, I believe he was there with Bill Cowher, too, uh, before or after he came over from New Orleans. Yeah, and he's a guy that you want to keep an eye on with that Carolina job because David Tepper, uh, originally a minority owner in Pittsburgh, and has tried to model everything they've done. Uh, and, and I know we'll be reaching out, at least in the hopes of interviewing there. And, and you know, it's interesting, Dan, and in how you put these front offices together because um, for a guy like an Omar Khan, who, who would probably need a really strong personnel director. And I look at some of the other top GM candidates. You look at the retreads, if you will. Uh, we're hearing Reggie McKenzie's name. We're hearing John Dorsey's name. Uh, we're, we're hearing Thomas Dimitrov's name. Jeff Ireland, I, I think, is going to be a candidate in a few spots and uh, could even be connected to the Bears should this job open, although I really don't think it's going to open. Um, but, uh, you know, a guy like Dorsey, Obviously an outstanding talent evaluator. I mean, you look at what he did in building this Chiefs team and this Browns team, and yet a guy who reportedly doesn't always play well with others and may need a strong hand over him. So you could end up with an Omar Khan type, either in a VP role or a GM role, and Dorsey could be a much better fit as a personnel director as opposed to a guy who is given control of another franchise. You know, Hub, the interesting thing about candidates like Dorsey and McKenzie is in the past, we've rarely ever, Dimitrov's another one, Pioli's another one, we're seeing get interviews. We've rarely seen, seen uh, general managers who've been fired get new life, get, get recycled, as we've seen with head coaches many, many times. Usually when general managers get fired, they're, they're you know, one and done. Or, or they they may they might take another job as uh, at a level below general manager. Um, this is a change, and I think uh, maybe part of the change is because we've got so many openings and we're seeing so many jobs being churned that you know you need to consider all the possibilities. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, just as it does with co head coaches being recycled, you're looking at guys who have experience and also have made mistakes, have failed in, in certain ways, and 
should have the potential, if they're reasonable men, smart men, which most of them are, to learn from those mistakes and be better. And um, I think there's something to be said for that. Dan, it is such a great point, A, because it is unusual and it does seem to be going on right now, but you flip it around, it is so common with head coaches to get retreads and we're not hearing as many of those names, although I am now hearing Marvin Lewis in three or four cities and I don't really understand why. I, I don't know that he did uh, that great a job in Cincinnati that he should be that popular a candidate again, but he is. Uh, but we're hearing a lot more about some of these really hot young assistants, and not young so much as as assistants who've done great jobs as coordinators. Uh, you know, on the offensive side, you look at Brian Dable uh, in Buffalo, and he is absolutely the the flavor of the year, uh, if you will. Uh, and a guy who a lot of teams are going to want to talk to. Eric Bieniemy, I think his star should be sky high. Some think think that his star has, has sunk a little bit uh, in the last five, six, eight weeks, and I'm not sure why. On the defensive side, i got to believe Bob Sala. Uh, he will be interviewed in a number of places, probably the front runner uh, in Detroit right now. Matt Eberflust is not as hot as he was a year ago, but another name you're going to hear a lot of. So with the head coaching openings, it seems like we're hearing a lot more about some of these top coordinators and the occasional college name, uh, in part, I suppose, because of the success Matt Rule uh, has had in Carolina this year, uh, but not so much about the usual retreads. Yeah, kind of interesting. I think yeah, you mentioned Marvin Lewis, hearing a little bit of uh, Jim Caldwell. Uh, he might he might get some play. Um, Jason Garrett got an interview. Uh, we know that with the Chargers. Um, so some of these guys still could get jobs. Um, I, I'm probably missing one or two who've been in play as well. But um, you know, it, it's uh, it is interesting that that the league is taking a good hard look at you know the Joe Brady's of the world and the guys who have not yet had opportunities. We you know we consider them young. Not all of them are young. The enemy's not young, but uh, he he's a guy who I think every team has got high end on their list and. Um, you know, it's it's good. It's good to consider fresh blood and, and new ideas and uh, new ways of doing things. Well, and there's the elephant in the room, if you will, the the quote retread. Although if he qualifies as a retread so much, as what is Jim Harbaugh going to do? Uh, you know, it has not gone well in Ann Arbor. Uh, I know of at least three NFL teams that, that would probably hire him tomorrow if they thought he was available. Uh, everything I'm hearing uh, is that he is trying to work out staying in Ann Arbor, though. I don't know if you're hearing anything different than that. Well, you know, I know it was reported that he had been offered a, a contract uh, over a week ago and they hasn't signed it yet. So that makes you wonder if he's leaving the door open to see if if something could happen. You know, this... This has been an interesting uh, uh, deal with with Jim uh, going back to his days in in San Francisco and even at Stanford, where you know you never quite knew what he was going to be doing when his when he had some contractual flexibility. And um, you know, I I I think he's going to stay in Michigan. I really do. I think you know he feels he's got a purpose there, and I think he feels wanted there. But you never know. I mean, it's, it's been tough sledding for him. You know, it, it, he's got a tough hurdle to get over in Ohio State. And, you know, if he feels like that can't be done and he feels like he's got a better opportunity in the NFL, maybe he considers that. It's early in the week, Dan, and that's why I wanted to visit with you about NFL stuff. We will funnel down to Bears Saints, and of course, you'll join us uh, on the Bet Rivers pregame show on Sunday. I'm going to let you go this evening. I really appreciate the time, but before I do, any any initial thoughts uh, about this game, about where the Bears are at? I, I I got to tell you, even at the end of the six-game losing streak, before they finally, uh, you know, were able to get off the Schneid. I never really believed that that Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace were in anywhere near the jeopardy that a lot of people either thought they were or just wanted to believe they were. I don't think there is going to be any change or not dramatic change with the Bears. I'm not sure what the chances are that Mitch Trubisky comes back on a short deal, uh, but I don't see any significant coaching or front office changes. Uh, Are you hearing or feeling anything different? Probably not, Hub. I think I agree with you. I think, you know... I mean, if you look at, at the big picture with Nagy, you know, the record is still pretty good. 
And I think you can really make a, uh, an argument that he did a pretty good job this year once he kind of figured out what he had and what he didn't have. And, uh, you know, then he, then he made the adjustments. And you might say it took him too long to, to make those adjustments, it took him too long to figure out how to play with what he had and, uh, you know, who to play and who not to play. But, you know, the bottom line is he, he did figure it out. And I think, you know, he's got the team headed in the right direction. And, um, you know, is that good enough right now? Probably not. But, uh, you know, maybe they need to, to bring in some reinforcements and uh, give him a better roster to work with and, and, and see where it goes next year. You know, it, it's hard in the NFL, as you well know, uh, to be a, a consistent winning organization when you're always making changes. It's just, you, you don't, it doesn't happen. You know, you need to, you need to uh, have conviction in your people and stick with them through hard times. And uh, I think it, it probably makes sense for the Bears to do that in this situation this year. Dan, I do appreciate the time. Always great to get the knowledge from you. Folks, you've got to be reading Dan at theathletic.com, following him on Twitter at Dan Pompey, uh, and, of course, hearing him here regularly on The Score. Hope that you have a great evening and a great week leading up to Bears Saints. Uh, I'm sure that we'll be hearing you here on the station over the course of the week, and I'll look forward to our visiting next Sunday as we get close to kickoff. Thanks, Hub. Look forward to talking to you Sunday. All right, that is Dan Pompey of The Athletic and, of course, of our Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show right here at 670 The Score. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, your phone calls at 312-644-6767. I'm going to fire up the Tech Zone as well. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. You can text me at 312-644-6767 or call at that number. We are back in just a moment right here at The Score. Barkish on 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. Welcome back, everybody. So good to be with you this evening. I am Hub Barker, sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show. We're going to take you up to Bulls basketball, which you will hear right here on 670 The Score, the home of both the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, until then, we're talking NFL wildcard week. We'll talk about any sports you like. That's why this is the number one rated sports station in town. Uh, but my focus as we got ready tonight is certainly on wildcard week and Bears Saints, a huge part of it, although really all six games, I think it's going to be a fun weekend. I want to get to the phone lines at 312-644-6767 in just a moment. But first on the text line in our tech zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai Valgonquin. Save time shop online at Rosen hyundai.com uh the the most recent texter it's uh from the 773 area code hub pretty shocked that you of all people say that the bears earned this playoff spot they were in control of their own destiny and they lost control that's why this is not earned all right guys listen maybe this is semantics or maybe our texter is just wrong it is earned because the rules were established at the beginning of the season before anybody played a game and at the end of the season, the Bears had completed the formula to take control of the seventh wildcard spot. I know they backed in. I know they lost their way in. I know that they're probably going to get beat on Sunday. I know that I don't really consider them what I would like to see as a typical playoff team, an 8-8 eight and eight football team. But they earned it by the rules that the NFL put together to establish these playoffs. Nobody gave it to them. Nobody changed the rules week 15 or week 16 to let them in. That is why they earned it. So let's get past that, okay, the semantics of it. If you want to talk about whether they're as good as the other 13 teams, if you want to say they have no chance, um, you know, if you want to say that they should fire everybody because they're not on their way to a Super Bowl, all those things are fair. That's a fair conversation. But you don't get to say they didn't earn this playoff spot because they did. The rules were made. They followed the rules, and they turned out to be the number seven seed in the NFC. So let's get to the phone lines. We're going to head up to Milwaukee and welcome Dan into the program. Dan, how you doing? I'm good, but I'm angry. And my 11-year-old daughter and my 8-year-old son, as I drive through Milwaukee, 
want to understand why I'm so freaking angry with my beloved Bears. Lifelong <laughs> Bears fan. My dad's a South Chicago guy. He raised me and my brother, a lifetime Bears fan. Um, I'll always be a Bears fan. But I got to tell you, watching that game and them drive 87 yards to get to the two, fourth and goal, two, you're already losing. Playoffs are on the line. Aaron freaking Rodgers on the other side of the field. And it's the Packers, the, your biggest rival. And you kick yet another field goal. Play like men. Like, make a call. Get a touchdown. Get some momentum. Like, score some points. And this is coming from me, a 55-year-old, mild-mannered guy. My kids have never heard me this angry. My 11-year-old hears me drop an F-bomb during the game. First time ever. I'm I'm a 148-pound vegan. I could play (laughs) more manly than they played. And it really, I'll just say another bad word in front of them. It pisses me off. Well, Dan, I need you to calm down, buddy. Uh, I need you to feel better. Um, I understand where you're coming from. And yes, that football game was extremely frustrating. And they've done things all year that, that, that I can see why they would leave you there. However, in the particular game situation that you're talking about, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I, I didn't have a serious issue. I mean, you're talking about a game in which they went for it on fourth town six times. And the first four times was when the game was very competitive and very much in play. And a lot of people would have gone differently and not gone as often as they did. But in that particular situation, I thought they run, they ran a much greater risk of losing the game by coming away with no points than they did by going and kicking the field goal and keeping themselves in the football game, knowing that the Packers were going to get the ball to start the second half. I, I thought that at that point, that particular situation was actually the right call. Um, now, you know, had they gone and gotten it, obviously everybody would have felt great about it. But what would you have thought if they'd have gone and not gotten it, you know, and then come away with no points? That was a worse outcome than what they accepted. So I understand where you're coming from. And I know that, you know, a lot of people probably agree with you. And it's not so much that I disagree with you as I just I didn't have a problem with that decision at that point in the football game. It's all situational football. And it depends on when you make that decision. And in that particular case, I think you need to cut them a, a little slack. It kept them in the football game, Dan. I, I, you know, I mean, it really, until 11 minutes left in the game, they were right there. If they come away with no points there, I'm not so sure the second half doesn't start differently. And I'm not sure they're able to stay in the game. So um, uh, thank you for the call. And uh, again, you, you could very well be right. There's no right or wrong in this one. Uh, but that was a decision I, I didn't have as, as much of an issue with as I did uh, the call on fourth and one, uh, you know, with 11 minutes to play when they did need to go for it. And I did understand it. And I'm glad they didn't kick the field goal. Just wish they hadn't had such an awful play call. Let's get out to Lake in the Hills and see what Ricky's thinking right now. Ricky, how you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, and actually, my question actually backs up to literally what you just said, play calling. You know, the last four weeks, when they're averaging about 30 points, Nagy has said that. Lasers calling the plays. This last week, it looked like we were back to more Nagy calling the shots. Is he back to being involved? And if he is involved in, you know, actual play calls during the game, how do the how does ownership keep him knowing that these are the plays he's calling and how ineffective our team is when he's calling plays? Well, Ricky, yeah, there's been some confusion and some controversy about this. First of all, he was never out of play calling. He handed off the 60-minute play calling responsibilities to Bill Lazor, um, but that he's the head coach, you know, and, and and there's, you know, 32 of those guys and they overrule their play callers whenever they want to. And every one of them does it. So it's not that he completely removed himself from the play calling. He told Bill Lazor to do the job, watched it very carefully, was able to focus on other things in the game. And I think has been a better head coach and, and a better game manager and clock manager since he handed off the play calling duties. Um, but it's not like he was ever out of it. And, and, and particularly in those critical situations like that fourth and one there, he's going to weigh in. He's going to be part of it. They're going to discuss it. Okay. It was a bad call and they all deserve credit for that bad call. I don't think the change in the in the production of the Bears offense 
over the last four weeks had nearly as much to do with Bill Lazor calling plays as it did with the game plan and what was available and the way they were running their offenses and the changes they made in their run game. Uh, that, that brings in run game coordinator Juan Castillo. You've still got Nagy overseeing it. You've got Lazor and passing game coordinator uh, Dave Ragone and even quarterback coach John DeFilippo all involved in this, okay? Um, now, I, I got into this. I was on at 4 o'clock today with Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel, and apparently there was a, a, a cut from uh, Ian Rappaport where he suggested that Nagy has reclaimed play calling or put a heavy hand on it. That's not true. Uh, they, they've been doing the same thing for the last four weeks, which is Lasers calling the plays. Nagy can weigh in whenever he wants to. He can overrule whatever call he wants to. He can make suggestions whenever he wants to. And that's what they've been doing for four weeks. Okay, so, um, uh, you know, I get your concern with that call. I thought it was an awful call. Uh, but I don't know how much of that was Lazor, how much of it was Nagy, and how much of it was just a, a cooperative uh, effort uh, by everybody on the offensive staff. So uh, thank you for the phone call. Uh, you know, and by the way, Matt Nagy is not the worst play caller in the world. The problem is that Matt Nagy was a little stubborn and in insisting on running an offense that he did not have the personnel best suited to run that offense. And so they've adjusted the offense and adjusted the game plan to better suit the personnel that he does have. I would expect that everything they do this offseason will be to get him the people to go back to trying to run the offense that he wanted to run. And I suspect that on opening day of next year, he will be the play caller. Um, and we'll see, you know, if he can if he can get back to being good at it or not. Because he did a really nice job calling plays the second half of the season in 2017 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get one more call in before we have to break. Paul is up in Crystal Lake. Paul, how you doing? Hey, Hub. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Ricky kind of stole my thunder there. I was kind of leading along the same line. But uh, it certainly did seem like there was a different ebb and flow to that game with the play calling where the previous uh, four weeks, even in the losses, you, you saw comfort in the way the offense was run. And, and uh, you, you saw that reflect in the way the, the Bears played and, and their personnel handled that. And it was just very uh, startling to see such a turnaround this week. And, and that could just be because the Packers are a better team as hard as it is to say that, but it almost caused me to have some flashbacks to the John Shoup era. So I just, uh, I was curious why the bears didn't, uh, didn't stick to where there was a clear advantage. You know, it looked like Jimmy Graham got a lot of uh, passes thrown his way later in the game after we'd seen an initial outburst from Cole Komet, where it looked like we had a real advantage there because the Packers were playing so tight on us and taking away that underneath stuff. But with Komet's power and quickness over Graham's, there was certainly something there that it seemed like we just kind of left left hanging for the second half. All right, Paul, stay with me for a minute because I want to ask you a question. I, I'm, I'm trying to get my arms around you know where you're coming from here. I, I It was actually not the Packer game but the week before in Jacksonville where they got away from the game plan and, and the play calling that had been so successful in the first half, and they struggled a bit and went back to it in the second half and buried the Jaguars and put them away. The play calling Sunday against the Packers was exactly what Bill Lazor had been doing you know, in, in the first couple of weeks since he was given the job. I mean, the, you know, they, they were... 50-50 run pass, maybe even run heavy until they got behind more than one score in the fourth quarter. They ran the ball 31 times. I mean, they, they executed the adjusted offense um, almost to perfection for, for almost 50 minutes. You know, with, with 11 minutes left in the game, they had a 14-minute advantage in time of possession. It was the perfect game plan executed almost perfectly to beat Aaron Rodgers. That's why they were only five points down and, and, and driving to take the lead. So I'm confused when you say that you thought the play calling was so different on Sunday. I'm, I'm wondering if we were watching different games. Well, I, I agree with you on that. The Jacksonville game certainly reflects what you said. Uh, and I, I definitely saw the balance in the Packer game. That was there. Uh, just seemed like, you know, we know the rollout is part of Trubisky's strength. And it seemed like, there was a lot more of that this last week than, than in previous where, where there was more of a, a fluidity to the, to the previous games where you had a mix of drop back in the pocket, uh, some rollout, uh, a lot of running, which was great to see. 
but it just seemed like like we almost went to the rollout every time, and the Packers were always ready with either a cornerback crashing or the lineman, uh, defensive lineman doing his job, and and us not accounting for that guy getting in Trubisky's face on his rollout. You know, mm-hmm. those previous weeks we definitely saw Trubisky have more time on those rollouts, where he had time to assess what's in front of him, and 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 this week that definitely wasn't there, and it, and it just. It, it was almost a tragedy not to see the Bears make that adjustment and maybe keep an extra guy back there to take care of that that rusher. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, thank you for the phone call. A good call, and I hear what you're saying. I think what people need to understand, though, is that you know in every game there's two teams. These are all NFL teams. These are all NFL coaching staffs. They're all very good, and the advantage the Packers had is that they had, uh, you know, basically, what, four weeks of tape, three weeks of tape of this adjusted offense, seeing what they were doing with Mitch. They adjusted to it, and then it's the Bears' turn to make the adjustment. One of the things you, you, you can't really do against the Packers because the Smith brothers and now Rashawn Gary uh, are so good coming off the ball in a straight-ahead pass rush uh, that if you have a mobile athletic quarterback, you don't want to leave him a sitting duck back there. Uh, the Packers had studied the tape of what the Bears were doing differently since they'd been in Lambeau Field four weeks earlier, and they adjusted to it. Um, and, and the Bears, uh, again, for, for three quarters, they they pretty much won those adjustments and won that matchup. And then in the fourth quarter, it got away from them. So, um, I, you know, guys, there, there's a ton of things to be to be critical of and to compliment about what the Bears have done. Um, but, but if I had to, you know, kind of give an overall analysis of it, I think that the coaching job that, that Nagy and his staff have done the last three or four weeks has been pretty good. Uh, it wasn't good enough the first, uh, you know, 14, 13 weeks. That's how they ended up an 8-8 eight and eight football team. Uh, but I, I have more good to say than bad about what they've done adjusting the last three or four weeks. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. On the other side, another one of our special guests, Kevin Fishbane, is on the Bears beat for the Athletic. He will join us in just a moment right here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 